Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about how to stay current and not get overwhelmed with new research. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am joined by the team at Champion here, answering your questions. Anything you want to talk about, physical therapy, sport performance, some fitness, strength and conditioning stuff, anything you want to talk about, ask away. Head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask a question just like the one we're about to answer. So again, just introducing the crew, we have Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, Dewesh Podell, Mike Scuduto, Lisa Russell, and Lenny Macrina, as usual. Most of the crew, right? We're pretty well, we're missing the students again here. So, again, just it's been the, an epically long board that our yeah. students taken. But uh, anyway, we're here answering your questions. And today we have one from the UK, which is good. An international question from Jordan. He says, Hello, champion crew. Hello, Cheerio. Uh, I've been working my way through all the podcasts so far since I found it around six months ago, and they're great. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate that. Um, that's a lot of nonsense you've probably listened to. I hope we've gotten a couple of good pearls from that. Uh, but that's a lot of nonsense. We're, we're almost at 300 now, right? What are we over, like 250 now? I don't even know. Big uh, celebration. <laughs> we're gonna do it. We're gonna right right when COVID twenty two hits. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start the next one. Uh, but uh, yeah, I uh, appreciate Jordan. So let's see. Jordan's question is: Is where do you all go to look for new research? I'm a first year PT student and really want to be productive with spare time and wider reading. And you know, I like this question because we do get it every now and then, and we have answered it in certain ways in the past. But I do think it's important that questions like this that we keep current, right? Because I do think that um, our opinions change a little bit. So um, I don't know, maybe we can all briefly kind of talk about some of our habits and what we do a little bit here. But um, I think, you know, the main question is, you know, he wants to know is where do you go to look for new research, right? And that's like, you know, a huge question. So why don't we talk about specifically what each of us do? And I think from there, maybe we'll have some good ideas for Jordan. So who wants to go first? One at a time. All right, Tilly, what do you think? Tilly definitely stays up with the research. What, how, do you, how do you handle all the info? Uh, I have followed your guys' lead, and I typically go for journal updates or alerts uh, via email. So when a new monthly journal comes out, I will subscribe to the table of contents, give it a scan through. There's probably like one or two articles. That I'm like, hmm, maybe. And then I'll read the abstract. And if it seems like it fits you know, what I'm either 
seeing in the clinic or things I'm interested in, I'll get the full access and I'll go that way. And then I think personally for me, just getting uh, alerts on certain authors or certain subjects that are really uh, kind of in my wheelhouse. So things that are maybe unique. So I w- I've used an example in the past, but I treat a lot of like, you know, the hypermobile hip. So hip micro instability, and it's a few surgeons and uh, people who are publishing pretty great research there, elbow OCDs, unique gymnastics. So I just stay in line with the authors that are publishing there. And usually either you find their work or they're on papers with other authors who are also in that space. And I just kind of follow down the rabbit hole a little bit into like those authors and things of that nature. And it seems to be helpful. Yeah. So I think that's a great first strategy, right? So uh, for each of the main medical journals that we follow, they all should have a way of getting updated when they have a new issue or, or actually nowadays it's not even issue based more. It's now that they're released online. So you could get like an update or two a day technically from that. So I think, I think that's a good first one. And then the other one is, is you can do this in PubMed, which is like the big online database to search for journal articles is you can set up specific alerts to searches. So like you could search for an author or you can search for a uh, query, right? It's like, like a topic that you want. So I have a bunch of those that go out and I get updates once a month because you can get a lot of those. Uh, but, you know, with authors that I follow that, you know, I really respect in topics, I'll get uh, an email once a month with, with all the updates for that. So based on that, let me ask a question here. There's a million journals out there. Dave, how do you decide which journals that you follow? Well, you definitely know there are some journals that are kind of more higher tier, higher quality, right? So, you know, um, JOSBT, ISJSBT, those ones are in our PT world are there. And then a lot of surgical journals, right? Like um, Elbow and Shoulder and, you know, AJSM. Those ones are just kind of known to be high quality research journals that are very, very strict on like who they accept. Sports Health is another one, why they accept. So just the quality of the journal kind of you can tend over time if you, you know, subscribe to a journal and you find the papers are less than uh, uh, valid or less than reliable. You look at the, if you look at the methods four or five times in a, in a study and you're like, eh, and like <laughs> and shaky, then you're probably going to lean away from that. But I guess they kind of just like rise to the top, right? If you keep seeing the same journal coming up over and over in presentations or when you talk with people, or if the people in those uh, authors that are publishing are pretty high quality, you know, they're great clinicians, they, they work pretty stringent at universities, then you can kind of follow those. I think I think that's a good place to start to because there's there's a million journals out there. You can follow a bunch and you're going to get overwhelmed right? Especially the ones that have like these new online journals, right? Because they're just pumping out millions of them because it's a for-profit machine, right? So there's a lot of articles. Most of them are garbage, right? You got to keep that in mind. So let's start real simple. Follow JOSPT, International Journal of Sports Physical Therapy, uh, AJSM, and then probably British Journal Sports Medicine would probably be the top four. And then if you have specific things like you like shoulder elbow joint, you know, do journal shoulder elbow surgery uh, or journal athletic training or strength and conditioning, for example, like you have those specific ones, but why don't you just start with those? They're the most editorial based. They have large editorial crews. They have great peer reviews. You know, you're going to get quality research there and not go down any rabbit holes. So that's a good technique. Um, Let me see, Len, what do you do? How do you stay? How do you stay current? Yeah, I do everything that everybody has talked about. And I think another thing that has really helped me and, and then also helps me to interact is, believe it or not, Twitter um, and, and social media. Um, I know some people don't do it as much and are kind of poo-poo on it just because it's it can get really intense. But you, I take what it gives me and I don't try to do too much most of the time. I, I do instigate a little. But, um, you know, I follow people <laughs> on Twitter that um, I respect. And if they're putting research out, they're going to tweet it or somebody will retweet it or you start talking about it and you see it and you're like, Ooh, I missed that. But, Ooh, I want to look into that. And then you can interact with the author and like, Hey, great job. Love this research. 
you know, can you give me a little more details on blah, blah, blah. And you have a conversation with the author about their research. It's pretty neat. So I do, I use a lot of social media, especially Twitter for this. And then I will use that to even, you know, use it for my own social media posts, meaning like Instagram or something like that. Like Dan has been doing, Dan Pope um, has been doing is, you know, he'll put a great content out and then also put a research article that is influencing how he's treating. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a win-win, you know, to be able to interact with the authors and to be able to kind of see what's out there that's new. So that's good too. So follow some people on social media that are, that some people like Twitter is a big one where like, oh, this was cool. I just read this where then like Instagram's probably more cool. Like, oh, I read this and here's what I'm thinking type thing. Right. Uh, You you do just, you need to be a little bit careful right there because sometimes like what you're doing is you're getting really biased interpretations of it. I I think the most important thing you do is that like, and that's why I think Twitter is good is like, if somebody's talking about an article, you just, just go read the article, right? right? Like don't read the educational post now. I trust Dan Pope, fitnesspainfree.com, right? Because I know he's going to have some reliable tidbits. So I follow him and I learn when he posts something, but there's a lot of people that are just like regurgitating some bias or maybe their interpretation isn't what I kind of would have done, um, you know, with the thing. So I think that's good. One tip I have for you for Twitter, if you want to get involved in this, the Twitter research game is when you're talking about an article, don't take a screenshot of the article without a link, just send the link to PubMed, right? <laughs> I hate when people do that and you know who I'm talking about, right? But like you, you say, this is a great article and then you take a screen capture of it. So now it's like a 30 word title. I can't even like select it and paste it into PubMed to find the article. It's impossible. If you want to start a conversation, have the link so that way we can all read it. Just a little tidbit. That's a little free tidbit on this this week's episode so all right lisa what about you what do you do anything different on your end with how you stay current Uh, i mean i feel like i do a lot of what everybody just said i'm newer to the to the twitter paying attention i was like overwhelmed by that for a while and i've recently started paying attention and have like started following a lot of rowing research authors and i feel like i get a new article every day or every other day to read that I like otherwise wouldn't have noticed. Um, so that's pretty that's cool. great. Um, well, so I think that's a good tip though, Lisa, right there is that you started Twitter. I was like this at the beginning of Twitter and you overwhelmed yourself by, by following too much. Right. And you'll find that just don't, don't be afraid to unfollow people. Right. And kind of like get a little broad and then, Oh, you know what? I'm not getting as much, like really narrow it down. So that way the things you see are impactful. So awesome. Keep going. Sorry. I, did, I, I just thought that no, was no, really no. cool. Um, and then, yeah. And then similarly, I, I follow a lot of authors that tend to pump out the rowing research so that I'm up to date on that. And then, I mean, between, I don't know, then I feel like I read one thing and I'm like, Ooh, that's interesting. And I see in the, you know, the citations they have within that paper, of course, that there's like other things. I'm like, okay, yes, this would be cool for me to read too, so that I can understand it better. So I feel like I just then spiral for a bit, but, um, yeah. And I mean, I feel like as the new grad, I struggled with making time for current research because I felt like I was semi just overwhelmed with like learning how to do my job. <laughs> and right. I didn't feel like my brain had space for anything more. Um, so I feel like it's something that as as I have progressed, I've prioritized time for and it definitely it makes 
makes a big difference. But I like that. That's a good tidbit. I mean, it's got, it's probably going to, it's okay that you feel overwhelmed at the beginning because you got a lot going on. You're learning a lot of new things. But I like that point. That was huge, Lisa, is when you're reading an article and you're reading like the intro and the discussion, there's references, right? And then you end up reading those articles. I think that's another great way because they make like a very profound statement in the introduction that like, hey, we are doing this study because of these things. So like, oh man, that's, a, that's fantastic. I can go read that study now. That's a great way to also stay current is to make sure you're reading through the, the references that are, are, are relevant. So awesome. What about you, Dan? What do you do? Well, I was just going to add I, everything that everyone else says. I mean, I think I read through a, an article or a webinar, um, the Mike Reinold inner circle, I don't know, like seven or eight years ago, <laughs> I outlined your way of going through research. And I followed that since, and we've talked about that several times. Um, I think one thing I will say and I think this is a problem as human beings that we have right now is there's way too much information out there and our brains are not meant to be able to take all of this in. And for me, I started off by trying to learn as much as possible and I still do. But one of the things I've changed a lot is that I don't have a superficial of a lot of uh, understanding of a lot of different things anymore. I try to go a little bit deeper on certain topics and for me, that's been, I read an article, I'm like, wow, this is really relevant. This is going to change my practice or it really influences the way I think. I'm going to try to, let's say, make a seminar or, or a little webinar about it. I'll try to make a social media post. I'll talk to the students about it. I'll try to share it. I'll start these discussions. And then we'll try to get more understanding from that one article. And then I'll actually go back and update my thought process and reread these articles, reread my own social media, see if I still agree with that, and then update it. And I think that allows me to actually learn a bit better and be a better practitioner over the course of time. Is what I was finding is I was reading so much information that I wasn't really taking anything from anything. I would say like, oh, wow, I read this book or this article like years ago. I got nothing from that. And I forgot everything. So I think you have to be a little cautious and sometimes less is more and try to go a little deeper on certain topics as opposed to learn so much because there's, there's a ridiculous amount out there. Yeah, no, that's sweet, Dan. And, and, and great point there too about how you, so the way Dan synthesizes the evidence a little bit is that he then tries to make uh, an Instagram post or whatever about that information. That's a great thing a student can do, right? And I tell that to our students all the time and share your journey, share what you're learning. Don't proclaim false expertise and don't like come up with these great huge statements based on what you, what you read about like, Oh, now that, you know, now that I read this, all this is wrong. Just say like, Oh, wow. I just read this study and here's a couple of key points that I'm going to go forth. But I like that. Like you're early in your career as a student. Why don't you pick a topic that you're passionate about right now that maybe you're not learning about in school. So maybe you're in neuro time, but you really like gymnastics, right? Well do some PubMed stuff, right? And make sure you're, you're following the gymnastics stuff to keep your brain passionate about gymnastics gymnastics. So um, let me see. I know, I know Dewesh wanted to say something, but Mike, are, do you have to go? <clears throat> I know we're getting close. Mike might have somebody. Why don't you, if you have anything else, why don't you jump in just in case you have to take off Mike? I think Dan Pope's point uh, was great. It doesn't seem to be a consumption issue for new grads. It seems to be an integration and a synthesization, if that's a word, but that's I think awesome. the more you consume is not necessarily better. Choose things that are relevant to you. Um, and then go on a little bit of a deeper dive and try and integrate it into your practice. Um, I think that's the best way to learn, especially as a new grad from the new research. 
Right. And, and, and I think it's a great way if you have a normal just gen pop like outpatient ortho job, but you really love golf, right? It's, to, it's a way to keep like your, your brain going about golf is just make sure you're on top of the golf literature. And as new things come out, you apply it. And, you know, you're going to accidentally get really good at golf over time, right? Just by like by repetitions. And then your practice will start to specialize. It'll be great. So awesome. All right. Dwesh, what about you? Anything different in the strength and conditioning world? Um, I, I don't know that it's that different in the strength conditioning world, but I, I kind of wanted to take it from like a slightly different perspective and it's kind of going off what Dan was saying a little bit about overconsumption, but also adding to what Mike just said about, you know, not necessarily worrying about overconsumption early on, but I, I know I definitely ran into the problem of early on when I first started coaching was I was taking in so much information, like to the point where I, I felt like I had zero thoughts of my own. I felt like I was just kind of saying what everyone else in the industry was saying, whether it was, you know, other strength coaches or, you know, even PTs that I was learning from. Um, and it, it made it really hard for me to come up with like concepts and systems and, you know, big picture stuff in my own head and really started applying that stuff. And it just really felt like I, I didn't have my like own coaching style, own like coaching, um, you know, ideologies and stuff. So for me, I actually, and this is probably about two years ago at this point. So I, you know, after having coached for three years and taken in an insane amount of information and doing a ton of con ed, I got to the point of just like not having my own thoughts. So I, I said like, all right, six months, I'm going to go without taking, without taking any information. I literally shut out for six months of like learning from other people. But what I did was I, I took that time to really start troubleshooting stuff and ideas in my own head. And really started applying a lot of the stuff that I had learned for the last three to six years since I was, you know, looking at all this stuff since I was in school and really started applying it to, to my athletes, having conversations with, you know, my peers and, you know, mentors and, you know, other people in the industry and stuff. And I think that probably made me a better coach because I, I got to really think about all this stuff in my own head. And I think that's definitely something that people can get in trouble with. They just kind of start, you know, regurgitating what everyone else is saying or like, blindly following research or, or whatever and it gets to the point of not really having your own concepts and you know ideas so you know that's just a little bit of what i did for a period of time it's not me saying like hey don't look at research and like don't do con ed you definitely have to i'm i'm definitely back in the thick of it and you know probably consuming a bunch of podcasts and you know all that stuff now but you know there definitely was a period of time where i just kind of shut up for a little bit and i, I felt like i benefited from it that's awesome. You know, and, and I, you know, I think the, the, the general underlying theme that I'm hearing for everybody here is that it's easy to get overwhelmed and it, it, you're going to not learn anything if you try to learn everything. Right. I think that's like a really, really big point here. So be really, really smart and strict with what you're learning. Right. And I think that will be very helpful for you. Right. So if you feel deficient with a certain thing that you need to do for your job, so you get a job and there's a ton of like low back pain patients, then be really strict on digging into the research to kind of learn for that. But then otherwise going forward, stick to some of the main journals, some of the most reputable journals that you know are not going to publish garbage that just might confuse you, right? Because if you have a terrible study that has terrible methodology, it sometimes doesn't help. It makes things more confusing. So keep that in mind with the literature. Sometimes the literature just adds doubt, right? We see this with studies all the time that have a wide variety of people with a wide variety of problems and they're trying to answer a question. It doesn't make sense. It's too vague, right? So be specific. Don't get overwhelmed. Just look for those, those, those special little things that interest you the most. And I think that's probably the best approach.
So awesome. All right. Great job. Thanks, Jordan, for the question. We really appreciate it. If you have a question like that, please head to MikeRonald.com, click on that podcast link and ask away, and we will be sure to see you on the next episode. Thanks again. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRonald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRonald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.